Hello and welcome beautiful souls to my podcast Midlife a la Bahare, where we embrace the spirit of continuous rebirth and celebrate the wonders of midlife transformations one episode at a time. I am your curious host Bahare and I couldn't be more excited to embark on this journey of self-reflection, lifelong learning, healing, authenticity, and acting to continuously elevate our lives from ordinary to extraordinary with you all. If you're in your 40s, 50s, and beyond, or in the midst of a midlife adventure, or simply seeking inspiration from all walks of life to invigorate your soul, join me in this real-life podcast. life's garden where compassion blossoms bright there is a balance and a flow a nurturing light loving ourselves lets our love for others take flight free as a bird in life's endless sky a beautiful sight compassion and self-compassion stars in our night guide us with their soft tender light they create a tapestry warm and right a haven of love in their embrace tight. Let's tend those blossoms in our heart's garden with care, for in their flourishing, life's beauty is laid bare. A dance of love, a sweet, harmonious air, in compassion's embrace, we find solace rare. Hey everyone, welcome to the final episode of Midlife Alabahare in 2023. And oh boy, do I have something special for us to chat about today. It's all about compassion, that powerful yet often overlooked tool in our journey through life toolbox, and particularly through midlife. It's kind of funny how we often toss compassion out the window when life throws us a curveball, as if it's the last thing we need. But really, it's probably the first thing we should be grabbing onto. It's like we've been zipping through life without giving compassion a second thought, almost as if it's an optional extra, not the necessity it truly is. And then there is self-compassion, this elusive, almost mythical thing we all know is important, but somehow can't seem to grasp. It reminds me of that classic airplane advice, always put on your own oxygen mask first before helping others. We've heard it a million times, but do we really follow it? So today, I want to take us on a little exploration from self-compassion to compassion for others. Let's get back on track together, gently and with understanding. And hey, if just thinking about the word compassion steers something in you, or if you're feeling a little spark in sight, that's a great sign. Let's lean into that feeling. So take a deep breath with me. settle in, and let's get curious together. We're going on a little adventure to explore our relationship with compassion, especially that self-compassion part we tend to skimp on. Ready to dive in? Let's do this together. It's exploration time. Around this time last year, I embarked on a personal and transformative journey, all about growing more compassion in my life. 
Now, this wasn't just about being kinder to others, but also being kind to myself. I soon realized that this compassion journey isn't about hitting some finish line. It's more like a path that keeps unfolding. One small act of kindness at a time, especially when things get tough. When I first started exploring what compassion really meant, I found it's about being tuned into someone else's tough times and wanting to help make things better for them. It seemed straightforward, right? But the deeper I dug, the more I understood that the true depth of compassion starts with how we treat ourselves. For someone like me, leaning towards understanding others' feelings and turning that same empathy inwards was a real eye-opener. It made me wonder, are we really feeling true compassion for others if we haven't first addressed our own struggles? This exploration led me to think about what's on the other side of compassion. And it turns out that the opposite of being compassionate is being unkind or indifferent essentially lacking heart. This realization hit me hard. It showed me that compassion, including self-compassion, isn't something we have to reach out and grab from the world. Instead, it's something innate, something deeply rooted within us. By nurturing this innate compassion, we are not just being kind to others, we are reconnecting with our true selves. Before we dig deeper, Let's clear up the difference between compassion and self-compassion because they're closely related, but not quite the same. Compassion is all about how we feel and act towards others. It's that feeling of empathic concern when someone else is going through a hard time or feeling pain. Like when we see someone struggling and we just want to help. It's empathy in action, focused outwardly. Self-compassion, on the other hand, is when the kindness we usually offer to others gets turned inward. It's about being as understanding and supportive to ourselves as we would be to a good friend. This involves treating ourselves kindly, recognizing that our struggles are part of the human experience, and being mindful of our emotions without getting overwhelmed by them. These two forms of compassion are deeply linked. Think of self-compassion as the practice ground. When we get good at being kind to ourselves and acknowledging our own flaws, it becomes easier to extend that same empathy and understanding to others. It's like you can't really help others with an empty cup. So by filling up our own cup with self-compassion, we are better prepared to share genuine compassion with those around us from our overflow. So while compassion and self-compassion may be different, They're both crucial in living a more empathic, understanding, and fulfilling life. As I delve deeper, I realize that self-compassion is often overlooked. It's kind of like the hidden gem in the whole compassion story. We are often quick to offer a helping hand or a shoulder to cry to others. But when it comes to being kind to ourselves, well, sometimes we drop the ball. I certainly do. But here's the thing. Self-compassion is super important, especially if we want to spread genuine kindness to those around us. Imagine self-compassion as the foundation of a house. If the base isn't strong, the whole house is shaky, right? It's the same with compassion. If we are running on empty, trying to fill others' cups becomes tough. 
being kind to ourselves, particularly during those not so great times, is all about recognizing that being imperfect, feeling down, or messing up is just part of the human experience. It's giving ourselves a break, just like we would do for a good pal. Self-compassion is key before we can truly extend compassion to others. If we are constantly tough on ourselves, always critical, how can we be genuinely kind-hearted and understanding towards others? Without self-compassion, we might end up feeling burnt out or even disconnected. Self-compassion helps us see that everyone's in the same boat. We are all dealing with our struggles and goof-ups, and we are all just trying our best. This really deepens our ability to connect with others on a more authentic level. It's not about feeling pity for someone. It's about truly getting what they're going through because we've been there too. And here's the cool part. As we get better at being kind to ourselves, it naturally spills over to how we treat others. It's like lighting a candle within ourselves and then using that light to brighten the world around us. The wound is the place where the light enters you. This is a powerful verse by Rumi, my favorite Persian poet, that's all about self-compassion. And it's kind of amazing. He says that all those little imperfections, the mistakes we make, and even our emotional scars aren't just things that hurt us. Instead, think of them as openings, kind of like windows that let the light, growth, and a deeper understanding of ourselves in. Rumi's basically telling us to look at our struggles and all those vulnerable spots, not as weaknesses, but as chances for wisdom, strength, and compassion to flow into our lives and make some real magic happen. The wound is the place where the light enters you. It's like he's saying, hey, it's okay to be imperfect. Actually, it's more than okay. This whole idea really flips the script on how we usually see our flaws. It's about being kind to ourselves, accepting who we are, warts and all. Because when we start to really embrace all those parts of ourselves, even the not so pretty bits, that's when we start healing and growing in ways we never imagined. Pretty cool, right? Now, let's have a real talk about what it's like growing up in a culture where it's all about caring for others and not so much about caring for ourselves. I mean, take my story for instance. I was raised in a Persian community where the golden rule was always to think of others first. It's a beautiful thing, right? But there is a twist. Whenever I tried to put myself first, it felt almost wrong. Like I was being selfish. And me, being a bit of a rebel at heart, I used to feel this pang of guilt every time I carved out a little time for self-care, as deep down I knew I wasn't cut out for constant self-sacrifice. This tug-of-war between meeting others' expectations and attending to my own needs sometimes left me feeling pretty resentful towards others. Our families, teachers, and the whole community really imprint these ideas on us. If they're always showing compassion to others, but not to themselves, we kind of get the message that looking after our needs isn't all that important. For instance, some of my family members are the ultimate givers, always putting others first. But I notice that they often put their own needs on the back burner. 
It made me realize that understanding someone else's pain starts with understanding our own. If we are not in touch with our own feelings, how can we genuinely empathize with others? And it's not just at home, my friends. Schools and communities often push this idea of helping others, sometimes forgetting that our own well-being matters too. It can end up making us think that self-care is a lower priority. It's a tricky balance, isn't it? All right, let's turn things around a bit. Imagine what happens when we really get self-compassion down. It's like we suddenly burst into bloom and everything around us starts to shine too. We turn into these empathy superheroes because we get what it means to be kind to ourselves and knowing when to take a breather. That's our superpower. It means we can be there for others without turning ourselves ragged. And you know what else? We start attracting all these amazing positive connections. People just naturally gravitate towards us because we are understanding and not quick to judge. Plus, when we are in a tough spot, being kind to ourselves help us keep our cool and offer a helping hand to others. When we are filled to the brim with self-compassion, it's like we set off this incredible domino effect of kindness. Self-compassion isn't just a gift to ourselves. It ripples out to everyone around us. We become this incredible mix of empathy, bounce-back ability, and kindness. That's the kind of energy that can really light up the world. And let's face it, who wouldn't want a bit more light and warmth in their life, right? So the next time you catch yourself being super hard on yourself, just pause and think. A dash of self-compassion can go a long way. It's good for you and it's good for the world. After all, spreading more compassion around starts with how we treat ourselves. Let's be a little bit more loving to ourselves and see how it changes the way we love others. It's all about that win-win situation, folks. My research helped me understand that compassion is a profoundly beautiful and essential aspect of human experience, often described as an empathic response to the suffering of others, coupled with a desire to help alleviate that suffering. It goes beyond mere understanding. It involves actively stepping into someone else's shoes, feeling with them, and being moved to action. At its core, Compassion is about connection and kindness. When we see someone in pain or struggling, our compassionate instincts kick in, urging us to offer support, comfort, or assistance. It's this deep-seated sense of caring for the well-being of others that not only strengthens our social bonds, but also enriches our own lives. Interestingly, compassion isn't just about responding to negative situations. It's also about celebrating others' successes and joys with genuine happiness and enthusiasm. It's about being present with others, whether in their moments of need or in their moments of triumph. One of the most intriguing aspects of compassion is its reciprocal nature. When we show compassion to others, not only do we help alleviate their distress, but we also experience a sense of fulfillment and joy ourselves. This act of giving and receiving creates a positive feedback loop that benefits everyone involved. As I continued exploring the world of compassion, I encountered a few eye-opening facts and how it can heal us not only emotionally, but affect our mental and physical health. 
I learned that practicing compassion can really help ease anxiety and depression. It's like a natural mood lifter. My friend Emily, for example, started doing small compassionate acts daily and saw a huge shift in her anxiety levels. It's like these acts of kindness created a positive loop in her brain. This got me thinking about my interactions at work. I shifted from always jumping into problem-solving mode to simply listening and understanding my colleagues, especially the more difficult ones. This small change led to a stronger, more empathic connections throughout last year. It turns out sometimes people just need to be heard, not immediately given solutions. How many of you can resonate with that? Then there is the impact of compassion in relationships. I've noticed that compassion acts like a glue in relationships, making them stronger and more fulfilling. In my own life, embracing compassion and self-compassion with my partner has helped us maintain our individuality while also forging a deep bond. We've learned to openly communicate our needs and respect each other's boundaries, which has been invaluable in both smooth and challenging times. And here's a fascinating part. Compassion has some serious perks for physical health too. It's been linked to boosting the immune system and reducing stress hormones. Like there was this study where people practicing compassion meditation saw a decrease in inflammation, a key factor in many health issues. I also met Lisa, a teacher in my trip to Turkey who found that compassion meditation significantly improved her frequent illnesses and boosted her immune system. It's amazing to think that our emotional health is so closely linked to our physical well-being. Lastly, there is a potential for compassion to help us live longer. Research suggests that compassionate people might have a lower risk of heart disease and even enjoy a longer life. I was watching a documentary on Netflix about the Blue Zones where people live well into their hundreds. It has struck me how their strong community bonds and compassionate lifestyles must be the key to their longevity. So, all in all, compassion seems to be this incredible force for good in our lives, touching everything from our minds and bodies to our relationship and even how long we live. It's like a thread that weaves through every aspect of our well-being. The important takeaway here is that the true depth and power of compassion is realized when it's paired with self-compassion. Self-compassion involves treating ourselves with the same kindness and understanding that we would offer to a friend in distress. It means acknowledging our own struggles, forgiving ourselves for our faults, and recognizing that imperfection is part of shared human being. In today's fast-paced and often challenging world, compassion, both towards ourselves and others, is more important than ever, my friends. It has the power to break down barriers, heal wounds, and build a stronger and more resilient communities. By cultivating a compassionate heart, we not only make the world a kinder place, but we also find greater peace and satisfaction in our own lives. In the end, compassion is not just a moral imperative, it's a pathway to a more fulfilling and connected life. Now, let's talk about midlife. I've come to realize that compassion and self-compassion aren't just feel-good buzzwords. 
They are like secret ingredients to a more fulfilling life, especially as we journey through the midlife phase. Midlife is this interesting mix of experiences, right? We've been through enough to know life's ups and downs. This is where compassion becomes our superpower. It's about extending a helping hand or a listening ear to friends who might be going through their own midlife challenges or unraveling. But it's more than just being nice. It's about truly feeling with them and understanding their journey. I have a friend, let's call her Sarah. She started an online book club with folks from all around the globe and in various walks of life, focusing on topics like personal growth and life transitions. It's incredible how these sessions create a space for sharing and compassion. Everyone feels heard and supported, or at least I think so. It's like these little acts of understanding and empathy are stitching us closer together, regardless of age or place. As a matter of fact, our January book club will be focused on the book Radical Compassion, I'm excited to learn the RAIN meditation and add yet another tool to my self-compassion toolbox. Universal synchronicities are definitely at work here. Self-compassion is a midlife game changer. We often judge ourselves too harshly, thinking about the could-haves and should-haves. In midlife, this voice gets louder, highlighting the importance of treating ourselves with even more kindness and a deeper kind of kindness. It's about saying, hey, it's really okay. You're doing your best and that's enough. I'll share a personal snippet. I used to be so hard on myself, especially with the whole aging gracefully thing. But then I started practicing self-compassion. Simple affirmations like reminding myself of my worth and achievements made such a difference. In my coaching session this past Thursday, I had a wonderful reminder that really struck a chord with me. It was about shifting from constantly doing to just being. Embracing the whole human experience, complete with all our beautiful flaws and quirks. And guess what happened when I embraced that being state? I decided to let go of my to-do list and dedicate the rest of the day to self-care only. I spend the day truly present in each moment, treating myself to a relaxing manicure and pedicure, getting a fresh hair color, diving into a captivating memoir, watching a heartwarming movie with my partner, and taking time for some thoughtful reflection. It was like a mini holiday for my soul. So you might be thinking, how do we cultivate these qualities in our daily midlives? Here are some suggestions. Grab a pen and paper. Start with a small acts of kindness. Hold the door open for someone. Offer a genuine compliment or check in on an old friend. These little things add up. This just reminded me to text my aged neighbor and check in on her. Practice active listening. Sometimes just being there and listening, I mean really listening, can be the most compassionate act. I'm consciously taming my advice monster and learning to be a better listener in my coaching education. Self-care rituals. Whether it's a quiet cup of tea in the morning, a short walk, or journaling, find what suits your soul and make it a regular part of your routine. Keep it simple so that you can stick to it. Every single morning, I look forward to my homemade nut milk latte. Nothing tastes better than the first sip of java made with love. Mindfulness and meditation. These practices can be great for cultivating both compassion and self-compassion. 
They help you stay present and connected to yourself and others. I can't imagine starting and ending my day without a moment of reflection, gratitude, and mindful, compassionate meditation. Reflective journaling. Write down your thoughts and feelings. Be honest and kind in your self-reflections. This has always been my pitfall, to be frank. I am learning journaling secrets as we speak, and one of the things I'm learning is that there is something magical in holding an actual pen and writing on our good old paper journals. Set boundaries. This is a big one. Learn to say no when you need to. It's not selfish. It is necessary for self-compassion. Be ready to see those who no longer serve you drop as you do this and new like-minded folks to show up when you least expect it. Join or create support groups like Sarah's Book Club. Find or create a group where you can share experiences and support each other. I have my future plans in this area, which I share when I'm ready. As I navigated the past year, this journey often reminded me that compassion isn't always easy. It requires patience, persistence, and a willingness to confront and embrace the full spectrum of human emotions. It means offering a listening ear to a friend in need, even when my own day has been draining, or forgiving myself when I stumble instead of succumbing to self-criticism. I learned that compassion is about presence. It's about being there for others without judgment, and equally being there for myself. It's recognizing when someone needs a shoulder to lean on, or when I need to step back and give myself space to breathe and heal. It's about understanding that everyone, including myself, is doing their best in their own circumstances. Throughout this year, I've also discovered that compassion can be as simple as a smile to a stranger, or a kind word to a colleague, or a moment of self-reflection. It's about celebrating the good days and finding strength and grace in the tough ones. Compassion has shown me the power of vulnerability, that in my moments of openness and empathy, I connect more deeply with others and myself. This journey has also taught me that compassion isn't a finite resource. The more I practice it, the more it grows and spreads. It's like a ripple effect. A kind act or a gentle word can resonate and inspire others in ways I might never see but can always feel. In embracing compassion, I've found a deeper understanding of myself and the world around me. It has become clear that every act of compassion, no matter how small, is a step towards a kinder, more empathic world. As I continue this path, I'm constantly reminded that the journey of compassion is endless and ever-evolving. And that's the beauty of it. It's a lifelong commitment to growth, understanding, and more importantly, love. Remember, my friends, in midlife, we have this beautiful opportunity to harness our experiences and wisdom. Compassion and self-compassion aren't just about being kind. They're about transforming how we connect with ourselves and the world around us. It's never too late to start this journey. Let's embrace these qualities and watch how they enrich our lives in the most wonderful ways. Here's to a compassionate journey throughout midlife and beyond. Until we meet again in 2024, peace out.
let's get the legal stuff out of the way. Midlife Alabahare is a personal podcast. All content is provided strictly for general information, education, and entertainment purposes. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with professionally or personally, unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. Any use of the information from this podcast or material linked to it, whether to the podcast or website, is undertaken at the user's own discretion and risk. It is not intended to serve as a replacement for guidance from a qualified expert, nor is it meant for diagnosis or treatment. Thank you for supporting my podcast.